Toto. I have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. You're listening to Out of Oz, a podcast from Building 28 Church. Welcome back to Out of Oz, a Building 28 Church podcast where we confront the fantasies and fallacies of modern-day Christian culture with compassion, conviction, and courage. I'm truly a host today and moderator for today's amazing episode. We've got familiar faces, my two elders here, Pastor Aaron Curran and Professor Trill. What are we doing today, Aaron? So I just think it's important to establish right from <laughs> Don't the Don't take any free jump, time, okay? Right from the jump that we all love each other here, mm. that we love Jesus, and that we ardently believe the Bible. Okay, yes, some of us more than others. Um, but anyway, with that being said, now the conflict can commence. Uh, on the rise, truly on the rise across much of the Christian landscape today is the tool or personality typing system, or some would even say worldview known as the Enneagram. But the roots of the Enneagram are sketchy. The design of the Enneagram has been connected to the New Age movements and the gospel of Jesus denying progressive church, which we would all stand ardently against, has adopted the Enneagram as a mode of salvation since they've denied the cross as a mode of salvation. Therefore, the very legitimate question, and it is very legitimate, is positive before us today and before all Christians is should Christians use the Enneagram part of it or all of it in for whatever reason? And to help us answer that question today is once again, my moderator host, our good friend, we're doing things a little bit different, a little format. I'm anxious to see what this is truly anxious. I've had a lot of coffee this morning and some bad news. And so I'm just anxious to see. And um, my good buddy, my co-elder, I love him. He's awesome. He is a strong and ardent eight on the it. Enneagram. <laughs> As we roll through this episode today, if people start getting like confused and frustrated, just remember that Mike Trill, who I love, shares the exact same Enneagram number and subtype as here, Donald Trump. Oh, so uh, here we start. go. All right. See, so that was free time. I'm going to let you go first now. Okay. <laughs> but we're going to do a little bit different format today. It's since these two elders of the same church are on opposite ends of for, this discussion. Okay. <laughs> So, so Aaron is a yes, I'll let the cat out of the bag, that yes, the Enneagram should be used and could be used. And Trill is a hard no, a hard pass. It's a no for him, dog, um, on this question. So what we're going to do is I've prepared 12 questions. I've sent them to our elders here before this podcast so they could put together, think about these. As you can tell, Trill did a lot of research. Aaron is under the age of 50, so he's using his computer here with his research and answers typed out on there. So we're going to let them go back and forth. We are going to limit our answers to one or two minutes. I'm going to keep time, make sure um, that one of our participants doesn't take a lot more time or speak over our other one. Why did you point Um, at me? Oh, did I do that? I'm sorry. I didn't even mean to do that. Um, that one of them doesn't speak over the other. I will try to keep and maintain as much control of this as I can. Aaron said I need to act like a three, a company man three, which is Jeff Singer. So I'm going to emulate him today as our moderator. But I think this is an important discussion because tools like the Enneagram, and it doesn't just have to be the Enneagram, anything you're interested in um, that you think could be helpful, we're going to tackle how to put it through the biblical filter as, as to whether or not you should use this or need to use something like this. Um, or if you should just stick to the Bible and things like that in trying to 
further your Christian walk? So we're going to get into some of that today and some of the questions kind of um, tackle those answers as well. And the first one comes with how we start every discussion for any non-biblical tool that we might decide to use is what is the origin and how does that affect our use? So Trill, to start with you, does the origin of the Enneagram and its potentially demonic roots and inspired writing disqualify it from biblical use and church use? I believe, obviously, yes, I do. Absolutely the church. And we'll get to that probably later. But whatever time I don't, if I use a little extra time here, I'll guarantee you there's some questions I want to say I've already said it. So we'll skip those. But I think you have to, you, you can't gloss over the history of it. Aaron and his ilk like to like to call it sketchy. It's not sketchy where the Enneagram came from. Came from uh, George Gurdjieff, uh, 1916. And he was a mystical, spiritual, esoteric teacher. He comes up with, he had occultic influences. Actually, he, he was, started dabbling in the occult, started following it. Uh, but he was very esoteric, a perennial philosophy where you can get things from all over because it's all the same. Um, and he believed in two laws, universal laws that exist, the law of seven and the law of three. And you can find this in his fourth way. Espensky, uh, one of his followers, put it out the fourth way. Um, there's a law of seven and law of three. That's where we get the Enneagram from. That's why the, the lines go. Uh, because if you divide- The triads and things well, like that. Well, the, the three is the rule of three. Right. Or the law of three. And the lines are the law of seven. If you divide one by seven, two by seven, three by seven, you'll have a repeating number, uh, one, four, two, eight, five, seven. That's why the lines go in that order. That's why later on, when you look at the personalities and stuff from the Enneagram, if I am a quote eight, I go, I go to two or five. Why? Because that's where the lines go. And if I go opposite the lines, that's good. And if I go with the lines, it's bad. Uh, the whole concept of this was he believed in these universal laws and he comes up with this Enneagram and believed that all the knowledge of the cosmos can be fit into the Enneagram. You can learn everything from the Enneagram because the world works, the cosmos works in a rule of seven, a rule of three. When you're basing that kind of decisions and your actions on numbers, we like to call that sometimes numerology, which is not biblical uh, because this I'm going to go this way because the numbers say I'm going to go this way. Uh, he developed the fourth way. He passes it on to Espensky. Espensky gives it out. There's a guy named Rodney Collin that was kind of a follower. He kind of put personalities the first time with it, but he used astrological signs, astrology, which if you look at this, it's very similar. It starts telling you how you act. This because of numbers, that because of the planets. From there, it goes to a guy named Oscar Ochazo. Ochazo starts a, a school called the, the Erika or Erika School. You can get it online and look at the occultic stuff that he teaches, that, that the occultic Erika School teaches. He believed in ego fixation. And basically, we get a really divine self. We're born divine. And we have these about, I think about three or so, we start getting these personality influences in our lives, makes us marred. So we have to work through them using the Enneagram, right? We work through them to get to our true self, our divine self. That's a man-centered gospel. You're good. You got these bad things that happen. You need to clear that up so you can get to your divine self. All right. So we gave you an extra minute on that one to three. So oh, Aaron, we're not even done yet. what is your take on the origin of the Enneagram and its potentially demonic roots? Does it disqualify it from biblical and church use? I think anyone who says sure and fast that they know where the Enneagram came from is, is mistaken. I think what Trill has outlined is a modern unpacking of where, what we know of the Enneagram. But Gurchev himself said that this kind of a graph writing any, any means nine it was around before he was. Um, Echazo and Naranjo, who popularized in the 1960s and 70s, 
were admitted liars about they 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 admitted that we lie about how we propagate material or where we got the enneagram from to escalate our fame. Okay, that they, they they say they say this plainly, and so um, among good solid historians. And psychologists, which the jury is still on the Enneagram when it comes to psychology, it's split in the uh, psychological community on whether it's pseudoscience and shouldn't be used or whether it's verifiable. But th- there's many historians who trace it all the way back to Plato in the in the fifth century BC. As far as once again, not the not the graph itself and the nine personality types, but the idea of personality and the idea that different persons struggle more so with different vices or faults or whatever you want to frame that out. Um, and then you come into the first century and the Stoic philosophers, and then you come to, to the Desert Fathers of the second and third centuries. And you see that they're the ones who originated the eight deadly sins, which we now call the seven deadly sins over time. It grew to nine deadly vices, and then it, it diminished to seven. Um, and the idea is that all of us being a, a biblical-centered individual, um, someone who believes in the gospel and the truth of scripture, all of us struggle with all eight vices, all nine vices, to some degree or the other. But we have these besetting sins, as Scripture would talk about, a besetting sin for all of us where we we struggle more so, I would believe, with one sin, and the gospel uniquely applies to that. Now, I just want to say this. The idea of ego fixation, which was popularized by the 20th century proponents of the Enneagram, um, people have forever been taking God's truth and all truth, this is very important. It's so important that people understand this. All truth is God's truth. So strength finders, if you're a strength finders proponent, or Myers-Briggs, or the DISC, or any of these personality typing systems, or any philosophical construct that makes sense, people always take God's truth and twist it into something that is a false gospel. We should never advocate for that or be a proponent of that. Anybody who's taking the Enneagram and pushing it forward as a a gospel construct to bring salvation, redemption, or true self to an individual. Of course, we deny that. But that doesn't mean that we throw out the entire system of any of these things because the originators of string finders, the originators of Myers-Briggs, the originators of functionality and personality typing systems all do this so that you can become the best, truest, healthiest version of you that you can possibly be because they don't believe in the gospel. None of these people of any of these systems believe in the gospel. And also, I just want to mention this. The, the idea of numerology making sense is a God thing. It is a God thing. Like the fact that we can look out at the world that mathematics makes sense, that's God's truth that mathematics makes sense. And that's, that science that's makes about truth. three minutes. So, okay, so I'm just saying these are God's we'll truths. Get, we'll get your 30 yeah. second response from Trill. So each are going to get 30 more seconds to hammer home your point and respond to what the other person said. There isn't any evidence what he said, how far it goes back. They've tried and it shows that they can't. And they stretch it to make it work, number one. Number two, there is no question. They haven't lied about where they got it from. Achazo said, I got it from Visions. I have contact with Metatron, who is from the Kabbalah. This is where I got it. Naranjo says, I got it from automatic writing. I got it where a spirit channeled me to write this. That is not of God. And Deuteronomy is pretty clear. We don't go enumerologies of God so we can follow it. Divination, these things, Deuteronomy 18 says, it is abomination to God. So um, there are things that God creates. God does create truth. But this is an, a, a tool from people, mystics, esoteric cultists, that said, this is where I got it from. And my other point was, I kind of find it humorous, they're liars. Well, let's trust what they said when they said in themselves, we don't have any evidence to support this. I got it from a vision. I've seen it. So it works. And that's where we get it from. There's no objective truth behind it. We have the Bible. They have no objective truth behind Thank it. Thank you. All right. 30 seconds, Aaron. Um, yeah. 
Well, I, I'm not one of those that believes that the Bible is the only, only source of truth in the world. Those, those are called, they hold to what's called the regulatory principle. Where nothing, unless the Bible affirms that we can't use it, I don't believe that. I believe there's good study materials out there. I believe there's, there are good personality typing systems. I believe there's philosophical constructs. I believe there's mathematical equations. There's all these things that, that help us to live a profitable life and live in self-awareness of who we are and how fallen we are and how flawed we are and what health looks like. And so as far as the Enneagram itself, Trill's right. There's, there's not a... Gershev said that he didn't come up with this, that this was passed on. He did, we just don't know from who. So there is evidence that it was around before Gershev or before Echazo and Naranjo. As far as just, just one last thing, Naranjo and Echazo, you can find it online. One of them stated in a panel discussion that they received this through spiritual influence, through automatic writing. But they also came out and said later on, both of them, that they lied about their experiences. That doesn't mean no, that they, they lied about the, the age of it. Okay, okay. so pause, saying, and that's that's your minute there, but you're yeah. starting the next one, so if you'd like to use sure. some of your time to finish that answer, that's fine. Second question, what other tools, since you talked about those, you don't believe the Bible is the only tool, so what other tools would you compare to the Enneagram? And I specifically want to get into critical theory and how we feel about that as Christians sure. and how it may or may not compare to the Enneagram. So two minutes on that. Sure. So I certainly wouldn't compare critical theory to it. I think critical theory is not just born out of an anti-God worldview, which perhaps the Enneagram is, but that the whole construct of it and what it's still pushing forward is anti-God. I don't, when you look at the Enneagram, it's today, as most people use, and especially good biblical reform guys use the Enneagram, it is, we look at these, these nine different types of people. You have a dominant type among these nine. You have a dominant vice, typically within those nine. And you filter it through the grid of scripture. You submit it to scripture. Critical theory is not submitted to scripture. It can't be submitted to scripture. Um, I don't. I I would argue, and we have a podcast on that. I believe anything that is not as a non-regulatory person, as a normative approach to how we utilize the gifts that God's given us. I just believe that the weight is on anyone who stands in opposition to something to prove that it is truly anti-biblical. That I grew up in the Baptist church. So he holds the, the burden in this the, case. The, the, the Baptist church was against everything. They were against going to the theater. They were against women wearing pants. They were against drinking a beer. And I was trying to grew up believing that all these things were wrong. And then all of a sudden it was like, there's no, the burden of proof lies on people who are against certain things that they have to prove. They're anti-biblical and just saying, oh, numbers and, and because an occultic, somebody who was a spiritualist. Okay, which most things that we utilize in our day to day, including health plans. And I mean, you could name almost anything that we use today, psychological efforts, all of them come from somebody who is a spiritualist who has not submitted themselves to the truth of the Lord. And so if we're going to only use that which came from Christian origins, we're going to use a fraction of what is available out there in all aspects of our life. I don't I don't agree with that. All right. Drill. It's not just it comes from the world. This comes from occultic practices who said, I got this from occultic practices. Follow it. By the way, there's no science on top of it. So let's dump this on top. The whole foundation stinks. The whole foundation stinks. Well, and, and when it comes to, well, we so just can't talk bad Robert about it. When we're talking about occultic practices, God says this is an abomination. 
And Paul, Paul, look at Gnosticism. He said it's like, basically it's a cancer. He wanted to get rid of it out of the church. And we have this, but we want to accept it in the modern day Christian so we can, I don't know, trendy, cool, whatever it is, or know more about ourselves. What tools does it look like? It looks more like astrology, tarot cards, and Ouija to me, because that's occultic tools. And to say, well, you know, Mike Trill's an eight because he fits that guideline. Well, then you can, Mike Trill's a cancer with a cusp of Leo or whatever else. Uh, and I can make it. I look, oh, that's me. This is true. So does that, is astrology from God? Are we going to try to redeem this? Uh, and it appears in the way it was origins and more like Scientology auditing. I'm a good guy. My thetan. I got all this stuff that comes through me. So I need to go to auditing and get my e-meter so that I can go clear, right? It's the same thing. I'm a good guy. I have all this stuff happen to me. I need to work through the Enneagram to get to this divine state. It matches a lot more with astrology and Scientology than it does scripture. All right, Aaron, response? At the end of the day, I, I think it's stretching to, to say that it resembles Scientology and going clear. Of course, as certain people utilize it, it can look that way. As a Scientologist would utilize it, um, they don't, they're not uh, submitted to the truth of Scripture. But look, here's, here's the deal. You can study it for yourself. People can go and they can look up other podcasts. Some of the most ardently against the Enneagram, um, Christian philosophers and psychologists who are out there, would say that it is naive and nonsensical and flimsy to compare it to Ouija boards or tarot cards. Like it, that it's that you can only use Ouija boards and tarot cards. And these are the people who are against it are saying you can only use those for occultic purposes. That is not true of the Enneagram that they'll admit there are good, profound, theologically robust biblical men and women who are using the Enneagram for gospel purposes to, to see self-awareness, repentance take place. And the gospel is what brings about health. Um, you can't do that with the Ouija board or tarot cards All or right. something like that. Trill, response? I noticed you didn't mention astrology. Does you feel the same way about astrology then? Or is that okay? Because that's the moons and God's created the, the, I believe the stars. That, I believe there's aspects about science well, that are helpful. Well, using the same thing, I can take a tarot cards and make them Christianese. And I can use them if that's what we're saying. I'm just saying most but professionals what, would say what, that, it, that you can't but do that. But that's what Christian Enneagram people are doing. They're taking a cultic thing and saying, I'm going to make it because the definition of sin. And here's the thing. The definition of sin in these things is by whom? LSD dropping occultists and their version of sin. And now I'm going to take that and say, and it's absolutely true. Look it up. They dropped LSD, went in to have-, have I don't I don't think anybody's thinking that couldn't be true. That's what they did. And that's how we came up with, that's their own statement of how they came up with what a sin is, what a vice, what a All virtue right. is. And just because it's peppered with some perennial thought where we can grab things from other places and stick it in here, they don't believe sin is what sin is. And so we take it and we want to Christianize this. All right. Well, let's get to the third question, which talks a little bit more about origin. So starting with Trill, we did a podcast on Halloween. We talked about how it potentially has a pagan origin even demonic or satanic to some, but Christians have the liberty to celebrate it, or do they? How is that different or the same than celebrating or using the Enneagram? Okay, much like uh, Aaron addressed about the sketchiness of where it came from, how Samhain influenced the church or church influenced Samhain. There's researchers on both sides that say, well, the church did this. Some say it's just a church all of itself, and I don't necessarily agree with that, but the, the both ways. Now, I'm not a big holiday guy. Uh, I'm not a big, I know... My counterpart is on big holidays, especially the the big two. You're not Halloween a big happy guy. He's not a big happy guy. Yeah. Well, no, I enjoy being happy. I enjoy surprise, spending time. Surprise. My, I enjoy celebrating the resurrection day, and I enjoy celebrating every year round because that's what Christ has done for me. But the difference I see, and if someone's arguing this this point again, I don't want to get too sidetracked with just pagan origins because this is on the enneagram. This is a tool that's supposed to be used for growth. So potentially more harmful than just a one day celebration. It, growth of Halloween. and spiritual maturity. Right. I'm using this pagan 
not just pagan, occultic, per their own statements, with no science-backed base behind it, to, to use this to grow uh, spiritually mature. Um, the foundation behind it, and the foundation is you can't separate it from the foundation because it is what it is. The numbers mean something. The place of them means something. How they got there means something, and it all comes from, per their own statements, the law of seven, the law of three, spirit contact, and no science. All right. Aaron. Yeah. So we did a podcast on Halloween, pagan origin. Is this similar, different? How? It is similar in the sense that the genetic fallacy remains the genetic fallacy. Where something came from does not disqualify it from use. It's different in that nobody's submitting themselves to Halloween to learn more about themselves. And, and that's what is being pushed forward with the Enneagram is that we are looking at this and kind of identifying a dominant type of personality and supporting types of personality and a wing type that goes with your dominant type to help fill in. No one's denying scripture through this. And one of the things I, I want to make clear is when we talk about, I mentioned earlier, all of truth, all truth in the world is God's truth, not just biblical truth. That obviously, that is, that's primary, um, that's foundational, but all truth is God's truth. And so when Naranjo and Achazo and other mystics, and we would say this with anybody, that there are parts of the truth, and I want to be very careful with this, Buddhism's not true. Islam is not true, but there are parts of the truth in there. In, for example, that they say there is a God to whom we should, well, at least Islam does. There's a God to whom we should submit ourselves. We wouldn't say that that's not true. We would say that they've taken the truth, the truth, and they've twisted it and they've misunderstood it. What Naranjo and Echazo did, and even Gurdjieff, is they took the truth of God. It's revealed from nature. We understand within that we are fallen, that we are flawed. Romans 1 makes that very clear, that we have sin, that we have vices. And what they did is they took God's truth of all, all these vices are vices, biblically, um, pride and lust and sloth and greed. These are biblical vices. Naranjo didn't invent this. Uh, Achazo didn't invent this. They borrowed it and then twisted it from the Lord. And what they pointed out was very intuitive. It's very interesting to me. Um, also, just because a demon says something does not mean it's not true. When Jesus steps off the boat and encounters the demoniac Judea in the book of Mark, they say, hail Jesus, son of God, you know, does that mean it's not true? Of course it's not true. I mean, of course it, it doesn't, doesn't mean, mean it's not true. Like this is a very important for us. Like demons will pass along truth or even parts of truth to deceive over time. I don't believe necessarily that's what's been done with the Enneagram per se. No, listen, listen, per se, meaning that I believe it's it's been done with the Enneagram and with all types of personality or philosophical or religious constructs by demonic spirits to confuse. But I don't think that has to be the only way that a philosophical or psychological construct can work. All right. Time. And you got an extra 20 seconds because when you reference the Bible, you get extra time. That's part of this game. I think, Go ahead. Drill response. I, I, I just I think it's a slippery slope to say, well, demons can be right because then it opens up to anything that demonic that I can find some truth in it. I have I have you submitted to scripture. Though. Have you a, submitted yeah, to the Bible issue with that. You submitted to, to the say Bible. that it's OK to do because they have some truth to it. And I, I submit the rest of it to the Bible as well. And to talk about truth, if there's no science behind it, where is the objective truth behind this? And speaking of podcasts, so you don't believe let, any theory in the let, world. Let me, There's no let, let theory. Let me finish. Let me, to be scientifically substantiated. Is he following the rules? Is There's theories that we if all embrace. If you want some stop, interruption, stop, I can you're going to make it take me. longer. So okay. you've lost your 30 seconds of response time. So that you'll you'll finish this point. <laughs> wow, he's harsh. Um, speaking of podcasts, I think this resembles a lot more of the Bethel podcast than it does the Halloween podcast, because especially as a church or as leaders in the church, we have a responsibility to shepherd those under us. Correct. 
So here we have a thing that comes out of the cult with no science to it. We're, and we're saying, hey, we're going to make it gospelized, right? Sprinkle this on. So it's going to have someone become interested in it and look up Rohr's book or Hertz book that claims to be Christian and has absolute heresy, anti-biblical things in it and lead them to mysticism. Right. I think there's an issue with that. All right. So, so Aaron, I think it, question four, that. is it specifically the Enneagram? You've referenced other personality tests already, or does the same thing apply to all of them as tools or does the origin of the Enneagram make it different? Um, as to whether or not you believe it would be a sin to use or study. So, yeah. So I don't think there's any way of proving that the Enneagram authors, at least modern authors, Naranjo and Chazo, actually derive the Enneagram from occultic sources. I think they're liars. That doesn't mean that what they're saying about the Enneagram or about personality isn't true. Just because you lie about one thing doesn't mean that everything you've ever said is a oh, lie. Oh, here we go. Okay, well, then, it, then I agree. So, so everything coming out of your mouth is a lie because nope. I'm sure you've lied at some I, point. I, I that doesn't agree. make any logical sense. Like you cannot extrapolate that and say just because someone lied to get famous means that all of their band work, uh, width of work is a lie. So I, I don't I don't believe that. Um, when you look at any of these things, there are two ways that personality or functionality tests emerge. One is through scientific research. So they do all this research, they conduct studies, and then they produce a system of thought around personality. The other is through theory that then over the course of time is either substantiated or insubstantiated. It's interesting to me that the most ardent antagonist against the Enneagram do not deny, they, they'll say it's not scientific because it wasn't produced from research, but over the last 40, 50 years, it's gained so much substantiation from millions and millions and millions of people around the world that cannot deny the intuitive truth of it, once again, arguing that this is God's truth given about personality and about numerology and about how we function, about vices that we have. They, they won't even deny it. They'll just say, well, yeah, it's true. Like, it actually adds up. Like, it actually makes sense. Almost everybody who studies that agrees with this. So we have to attack it in another way other than its veracity. Right, we'll say it's not scientific, but at the same time, it's true. One. So, Trill, is this the same as all other personality tests, or do you think it's different? No, it's obviously different. I, I stress Why? that. Because um, the origins? What the foundation of it. Okay. Part of the problem is these things have a tendency to compartmentalize people, get you excusing your behavior, judging others, predetermining what they're going to do because of, of how you assign them. So I have issues with that. It can become self-centered so much it's not God-centered. These are problems I have with it. But the, the anagram, I do have a problem with it. And, and I find it humorous that we say, listen, they, these occultic practicers who started a school on a cult and, and went into trances that, that people saw, they're lying about how they got it. So I don't believe that. But. I can use that same thing to say, well, they're lying, but I can accept other things they say. You're choosing that because you don't want to believe the occult, right? The, the occult side of it. So I have an issue with saying, well, I'm not going to believe the occult side. Here's the thing. If I met a, a baker in D.C. and I'm going to have a birthday party for my daughter and he's a well-known guy and he, I talk to him and he says, hey, I made a birthday cake for the president. Well, I find out that's a lie. And he makes a cake. He says, by the way, I put arsenic in it. Am I going to eat that cake and I'm going to feed it to my kid? No. Because right. he's lied about it. Now I get the analogy, but that's time. Okay. So we're about halfway through. We don't do a lot of this, but as you're listening and watching, why don't you leave a comment as to who you're leaning towards right now onto which side of this debate you're leaning. And then at the end, let us know if they've changed your mind, Aaron. Okay. So this is good. <laughs> Does the Enneagram focus too much on self? 
So in the beginning of, of the Institutes of the Christian Religion, which Tro would clearly be against because it was a theological but yet theoretical construct about the human condition um, by John Calvin. It's extra biblical, so he's not relying on the sufficiency of scripture, but we'll just kind of leave that there. Um, but I, I love the Institutes of the Christian Religion by John Calvin. I think it's, it's a phenomenal work, one of the best books written in Christianity. And he says there's the two greatest knowledge that anyone can possess is knowledge of God and knowledge of self. Like that's his opening statement about the book. When we look at the Enneagram, we are not getting necessarily a knowledge of God other than the fact that his craftsmanship of how he created, wired people, how we respond and cope with certain things. But more so, the Enneagram, I've always said, is about 80% negative. It focuses on where we have erred, where we struggle, where we get stressed, where we sin, which are all biblical concepts uh, concepts that are put into this structured format. And so when I, when I look at this and I go, is there too much, is there such thing as too much focus on self? Yes. If the answer to your problems is self, but not if people are always come here and they're like, why do you, why do you guys talk so much about sin and how depraved and how jacked up and how much we suck? And we're like, because it magnifies the sufficiency of the savior and like the beauty of the gospel. I think there is a colossal lack of self-awareness in so many Americans and Christians today that I think God-given personality tests, constructs, uh, human psyche um, constructs help us to see this is where I go wrong. This is how I'm obnoxious. This is how I'm rude. This is where I don't spend time with my family. And, time. and then the gospel directs us back to the truth, right. biblical discipline. What do you think, Trill? Does the, fo does the okay. Enneagram focus too much on self? First of all, because millions and millions of people agree with it and like it. Millions and billions of people agree with astrology as well. Um, I'm not going to make statements like, oh, because it's not in the Bible, he doesn't believe it, which I, I didn't say that. That's not my, my thing. Just like I didn't say that, oh, because the demon says it, he believes it. But I will say that when taking these things, here's a problem with taking the, any of these tests. When you're taking tests itself, first of all, I don't need a test to tell me that I like attention. I like to talk. I don't, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I answer these questions and it tells me, by the way, That's you like attention, you like to tell. Yeah. And I would rather have brothers and sisters in Christ tell me, hey, here's your weakness. This is what I see you doing than some generalized box that some occultist tells me what it is. But a lot of times when we take this, it's it's self-deceitful, right? Or self-aggrandizing where I want to be a certain way. So I answer these questions a certain way. Um, can it be too much on ourselves? Yes. My other issue with this is it become, becomes a worldview, right? Rather than go to scripture, which I, you might not like. So you think that was a smart mouth comment. Yeah. Rather than go to scripture for my worldview of why. So I go immediately to the Enneagram and it becomes my worldview rather than a Christian real view. I, I do agree with Calvin that we should know ourselves. And Calvin says in the Institutes too, what God's truth requires us to seek in examining ourselves, namely the kind of knowledge that will strip of us all confidence in our ability, deprive us of all occasion for boasting and lead us to submission to God's verdict on us. So understanding myself is understanding who I am in front of a holy, righteous God and I need for salvation. That's what Calvin was pushing. I don't believe he was pushing for, uh, let's take a uh, MBTI or a Enneagram test to find out what I'm really like. Okay, that's time. So then back to Trill, what is problematic about taking a test like the Enneagram to learn more about ourselves? You just said you want this, then it's a good thing. So what's problematic about using the Enneagram for that? I told you, it's the whole belief system, number one, that is based on occultic practices that God says. So you'd be cool with other tests? I'm not a huge fan of them. In other words, I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with finding out how your experiences may do it. But again, with these tests, it doesn't tell you your personality. It tells you how, where well, you I are get at the that time. You don't, you don't agree with like how the tests work and whether or not they're true. Well, but no, I'm no, saying, no. If you uh, take a test. Sin, that's what we're talking about. No, I don't believe necessarily taking these tests is sin. When it becomes, like he said before, when you focus so much on yourself for these things, but I'm not going to use objective, reasonable, lacking source that's put on top of 
occultic practices, by occultic practices to tell me what my personality is. And again, whenever you take tests, you're going to take them how you feel, what you think you are, rather than finding out really what you are necessarily. The Enneagram started with, you didn't have a test. They started coming up with these tests. You just picked what you were. And here's the other thing. If you can change it this easy, right? One man's Enneagram is a different man's Enneagram because there's no objective truth. It becomes whatever. Where's the legitimacy to it? All right, Aaron, what's uh, problematic or beneficial about learning more about ourselves and our tendencies and using a tool like the Enneagram? What's beneficial, I guess, from your point? Why is it Um, it a good thing? One of the things I like about the Enneagram is that it does, and I know you're going to get to this, but it does infuse a lot of of biblical understanding and principles, especially when used in a reformed understanding of scripture, like that, that we are fallen, that we are depraved, that we still, even in our redeemed state in Christ, function from stress, function from not living according to how Christ has designed and wired us to function. And I think that it's incredibly intuitive. I, I, unlike Trill, I place a lot of credence on a lot of the different functionality and personality tests. And I would disagree that I think some of them are more functional, but some of them do speak to our our nature or our nurture, which is our personality, our makeup and how we function and how we think and how we process things. I think that that's good. I think illumination into who we are. um, So many of the people who might be listening or watching are going, um, they, they could really use, I think all of us could really use a fresh perspective. Yes, from friends. I wouldn't discount, discount friends, but I would, I would certainly not say that. And, and this is what you I think would, it's more objective. I think it's, there's just an objectivity to it, not on the same plane with scripture. Of Except course, that you answer all the questions yourself. It, it, it doesn't. Yeah. So here's last thing I just want to say really quick is when we talk about any of these personality or functionality tests, it's important to keep in mind that we submit ourselves ultimately to scripture. We submit our, there's, there's pyramids, there's a pyramid of truth and God is at the top of that truth. And so my experience is true for me or my personality is a truth, but it submits itself to, to Christ's truth. The problem with the progressive church, the problem with, with psychologists and occultists, which I would argue that all personality tests have come from occultic origin, spiritual origin, because if they're not birthed from Christ, they're against Christ. Like there's no middle ground. There's no neutrality. It's either from the occult or it's from Christ, but the occult will manufacture lies with parts of the truth in that. And so I I think that it's very important that we look at these things and we say, look, Christ and his truth and his gospel and the word of God comes first, the authority of the church comes second. And then beyond that, my experiences hold credibility. They're right. just not as credible as that's scripture. time. I gave you some extra time since I interrupted you. So next question, Trill, and you can you can you can respond to that mm-hmm. in this question because I do think we're already kind of touching on it. Mm-hmm. Where is the Enneagram at odds with or confirmed by scripture? Okay, first of all, to say that everything came from a cultic, I, I don't know how you can say that truth exists out there. Uh, that's God's truth outside of scripture, but it's still truth. It doesn't need to come from the occult. This came from the occult. So not everyone. MBTI, I would agree, has the young influence on in it. Uh, I'd agree with that. Uh, but I don't think you can say that just because, once again, you just said outside of scripture, there is still truth that God created. It doesn't need to come from the occult. Uh, where is it at odds? Uh, Deuteronomy 18, occultic practices are an abomination. Kind of Deuteronomy 12, these things uh, address these these concepts of world's worship practices. Uh, Leviticus 26 says, I've cut off the practicer. Don't be involved in it. God doesn't like it. Uh, 1 Timothy 4, 1 to 2, Holy Spirit says, people will depart from the faith, devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teaching of demons through the insincerity of liars whose consciousness are seared. Um, for personal use, uh, 2 Peter 1, 3 to 7, his divine power has granted us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who has called us to his own glory. I don't need an occultic practice to grow in faith. 
Hebrews 13 says, don't be carried away by varied and strange teachings. Philippians 1, 9 says, I need to grow in insight so I can discern what is best. But do you think the actual teachings of the the, uh, Enneagram are what they're talking about? Because you don't seem to have a problem with the fact that it says like, okay, I'm this kind of personality, which means this. I, I'm not getting into whether or not personality traits. You're just, you're just reading, you're reading verses that say like, go, go away from teaching. demonic teachings. Right. That's what this is. Okay. This, this comes from. So it's like worship Satan teaching, no, same self, thing. Pro, self-professed occultists say, I got this information from there. And again, if, if you're into personality tests, why this one? Why this one? What is this? Why is this a stronghold that it's not another one? Because I like it because it really hits home to me. I have an issue with it. There, there's not going to be in the Bible. I know they're not going to say don't study the idiom. Sorry, I interrupted right, you. Go ahead. Well, what Philippians else? Philippians 4 8 says, uh, whatever is true, honorable, just. And again, even using his defense of, of these guys are liars, right? I, I, have a, I have a problem just holding on to the Enneagram at all costs. Again, if you're into personality tests, that's it. Again, I believe there's so many issues with it when you're taking a test. Um, I would rather have scripture and the Holy Spirit convincing me of what my sin is rather than the sin pointed out by uh, Naranjo and Ochazo. Okay, so that's time. Gave you some extra there. We're going to skip ahead a little bit. Um, Aaron, is the Enneagram redeemable and why? So I think it is redeemable. I think it's interesting. And I, I love Trill, but all the scripture he brought up is, in my mind, just proof texting. Uh, like, I would hope that somebody who sits under my preaching, like Trill does every week, would know that I'm not using the Enneagram for demonic or occultic purposes. So that eradicates Leviticus and Deuteronomy right there. Like, it just does. Um, because I'm not using it. I'm not submitting myself to demonic purposes with it. When we talk about First Peter, this is why I talked about the sufficiency of Scripture, because one of the big arguments, one of the biggest, because they can't actually poke holes in the construct of the Enneagram. It's all about the origin, or it came from this, or whatever. The the fact that it's been based on and built around human observation now, and that it's been substantiated over the last 50 years with all these claims of even psychologists and philosophers saying, man, there's a lot of weight in this. There's a lot of beauty in this. It is very insightful, very intuitive. And so what they what they have to do then is they have to start building straw men and kind of blowing them down. And so part of that is, oh, First Peter, we have everything that we need for life and godliness. Well, if you believe in the sufficiency of Scripture, which I do, that does not necessarily, historically, it has not meant that Scripture is the only form of truth. But some of those who are antagonists against, against the Enneagram will say, well, they're just going beyond Scripture. They're not going beyond Scripture. They're, do, they're using resources and studies and tools like humans have done, Christians have done for forever. And so when, when it says that when Peter writes and says we have all things that we need for life and godliness— I believe he's talking about scripture and beyond the scripture that God has given us self-awareness, modern abilities, modern medicine, workout regimes, um, coffee, like different things that we utilize in everyday life to deal with the world around us. And these are all gifts from God unless they're anti-biblical. And so that's how I would respond. I look at these. Look, I, so just the answer is no, no scriptural um, support. <laughs> I, didn't hear I, I don't. I don't think there's. I don't think there's scriptural support to. Well, you asked ob- for redeemed. You didn't actually. I, oh, that's my bad. Yeah, that's my but, bad. But I mean, it's, <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to sit there and hear seven or eight scriptures read that really have nothing to do with the enneagram mm-hmm. and like how it's bad. And and I would challenge anybody who's listening or watching go back and look at those. How does that relate to the enneagram? It doesn't. Ephesians four twenty two through twenty five says that we put off the old self, which belongs to your former manner of and is corrupt through deceitful desires. Which I would argue that Naranjo. And Achazo unwittingly borrow whatever parts of, and even, even those who are against the Enneagram would say there's parts of truth within it. There's parts of truth within this construct that they're borrowing their truth. They can't manufacture truth. Occultists, demons, Satan, pagans, they can't manufacture truth. What they do is they borrow and manipulate God's truth. And so I, I just think 
Is it redeemable? Absolutely, it's redeemable, just like Halloween's redeemable, just like Myers-Briggs is redeemable. All right. Like, we can use this stuff. True. Is it redeemable and why? Uh, there's no reason to redeem it. It's a false gospel. You don't redeem false gospel. Okay, he can he can make it sound like, hey, Naranjo just kind of took these really good truths. It's the gospel. It is the gospel. It's a false gospel. You're good. You got bad stuff. Uh, you're divine. Worked your way through it. So you don't redeem a false gospel. Um, there is one redeemer. We call the redeem things. I know we like that phrase. It means more like engaging with the culture. Uh, there is one redeemer, Jesus Christ. We're not actually redeeming. We're called to redeem the time. And I believe that this is a good redemption of the time is spending time in this junk. Um, Paul's writing, people like to use this. Paul's writing the meat to idols, what God created good. This is an occultic practice, God as an abomination. So it's not created by God. So we're not going to redeem it. Uh, and then in, in, in that same nothing thing. wrong with the meat, but. In that, in the, right. Yeah, but in the same thing, he says, have nothing to do right after that, have nothing to do with irre irreverent or silly myths. Paul's statue, right? They go, oh, Paul engaged with the culture. He redeemed it because he used the statue. Paul didn't go to the next church and say, hey, build a statue. I'm going to build a statue with you to tell you about Jesus. I'm going to build a statue with you. No, he said, I understand it. So I have no problem with understanding the Enneagram and saying, hey, bro, you think you're an eight? You think your sin's this? Let me tell you about real sin. This is that you stand before a holy God. Now, my knowledge of it, I can use to point to Christ. I don't need to be participating. Sounds like a great use. I don't, I don't need to be participating in it and teaching others it. That'd be like teaching them to build an idol. I'm using the gospel with my knowledge of them. That's how I engage the culture, not becoming part of it. All right. 30 seconds, Aaron, do you want yeah, to I mean, respond? Uh, to, to, I, think, I think the only major issue that Truro had there was it's a false gospel. Um, I think anybody who listens to me, and Truro included, would hope, I would hope they believe that I'm not preaching a false gospel. I'm not, I'm not direct. I'm not Richard Rohr. I'm not Ian Cron. Like I'm not pointing people to, because they've denied the gospel just like, Islam has, just like so many philosophers, right. secular psychiatrists have, they have to find something to kind of save us from ourselves within the world. So they'll always take parts of the truth. Every construct, every cult actually, as you see, takes the truth and then bastardizes the truth and, and shifts it around. So I'm not saying that Naranjo or Chazo didn't do that. I'm not even saying that it's not possible that they receive this through medium sources. What I'm saying is if there's truth in the Enneagram, which I would argue that there is about the human condition and human personality and how we respond to things and how we cope with the world, that that truth is God's truth given and that we can redeem it and take what is good and verifiable within the Enneagram and spit out any of the bones, heretical bones. This is not, look, everybody understands this. I'm not saying by, by submitting yourself to the Enneagram that you can merit redemption or right. salvation. That's ludicrous. That's not biblical. No good Reformed theologian, which many Reformed theologians are now using the Enneagram in All the right. way that I'm using it. That's time. So, Trill, is psychology or psychiatry a tool slash aid Christians should use? Uh, I don't believe it's man-centered. You should be using it. I believe biblical counseling is fantastic and it needs to be based on scripture. Once again, to going back to that, to just take what we want and spit out the bones to find truth. I can find truth in pretty much anything, right? So then we should be able to redeem tarot cards because there's got to be some truth that comes out of it. To redeem astrology. That, that logic is that aren't anything you asking, is open. Are, like a tarot game. card and Ouija, aren't you like asking for demonic spirits to come on you and uh, help not, you well, do not this astrology. stuff? Not astrology. And, well, you and again, the other I just pray too, that the but... Holy Spirit guides my hand in a Ouija. I don't need to be participating well, in this. Do you think that would be a problem then if you're asking yes, the Holy Spirit absolutely to guide your hand? Yes, I, I do. Um, but, but going back to that, it's then you can justify the use of anything by saying if there's some truth in it, and it, it's not. this The whole foundation, the lines are founded on something. The law of seven and the law of three, right? 
the the rest of it is founded on what they said was visions because they're saying, and again, you go back to the, keep bringing up no scientific. That's their statements. I have nothing science from it. I got it from visions. Here it is. Without that foundation, and, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use that and sprinkle gospelese in it and take a little bit of here and say, this is some truth, and I'm going to make this sin, which that doesn't mean I'm going to make it my sin. There's no need to. We have the gospel. All right. So, Aaron, if you want to talk about psychology, psychiatry, you can, but I think to respond to Trill's point is that, well, can't we just re- can't we just spit out the bones and everything, and therefore everything's good, everything's usable, everything's biblical, which I don't think any of us would agree to. No, no, of course not. I mean, th- once again, I just want to be clear that those who are the most ardent antagonists against the Enneagram say that it cannot be compared to tarot cards. Like that is a you're wasting your time repeating points. I'm just saying, like that's well, w- but Trill just repeated that, like that it cannot something that is designed. Now, do I believe that the cards themselves are bad? I don't believe the objects are bad. Like, I don't. I'm not. I don't believe that. And so could a child take tarot cards and, and use it to play poker with? Like, whatever. Like, you could argue that. I don't care. I don't care. I'm just saying. But the whole point of tarot cards is to connect with right. the spiritual realm. That's not the point of the Enneagram. When Trill keeps talking about Naranjo and and Gurchev and Echazo being occultists, they were also philosophers and psychologists. So my belief is that while they lie to gain capacity, because what sounds good? Oh, the demon communicated to yeah, and yeah. told me this. But what's the truth is that they had counseled and worked with and analyzed human behavior for decades, and they started to produce things that made sense to them as non-redeemed, non-Christians trying to make sense of the world around them, and that parts of what they said were not true, and that parts of what they said are true about the human condition. Same in in some ways as Myers-Briggs and Strength Finders and DIST and other things, where there's parts of it that you go, no, nah, it's just not true. Like, you know, and it came from pagan origins. And that's why I said, I think pagan origins are under the influence of someone, and they're not under the influence of the Lord. They're borrowing truth from the Lord just like the occultic influences would do. The other thing I would say is this, numerology to me makes sense, not as something I submit myself to or find the gospel in. But when we talk about numerics in the world around us, as a matter of fact, anybody listening, and I've talked to other proponents of the Enneagram, when you talk about the law of three and the law of seven, those are very biblical numbers that make a lot of sense and people try to extrapolate them. We talk about the law of three and why things make sense in three. As a believer, like you look at it and go, the Trinitarian relationship makes sense in the world around us. All right, that's time. I, I'm just it's saying, so there's things that make sense. All right, this. 30 seconds. Yeah. Um, the lying once again, wouldn't it be better if they lied, if they didn't lie about that and said it was scientific so they could have trademarked things. But instead he said, I discovered this through visions and wasn't allowed to, to have these things because he said, hey, I got this. It, it would actually serve him better to be honest if he got it from scientific science. Um, number two, I can't remember now what he said. He was talking about that's every, good every, because that's everything's, seconds. everything's good. I think he said. <laughs> All right, Aaron, does the Enneagram and books on it mix false religious views with Christianity, which can confuse Christians who study it, a la Bethel Hillsong, like we talked about that? Absolutely. Like every philosophical and psychological construct that is not submitted to the Word of God, the Enneagram included, will bring in pagan authorship and try to utilize that system of thoughts um, up until recently, Jordan Peterson, who I love, who was not a believer until supposedly two or three months ago, he would use Judeo-Christian principles, but he was it was basically self-salvation. It was an understanding of who you are, the 12 rules for life, and then a follow-up 12 rules for life to be a better version of you. I think that there's, there's benefit to take with Jordan Peterson, just like with the Enneagram, and say, hey, I can learn from this, but I don't subscribe to the gospel that Jordan Peterson 
was preaching in his books, which is kind of self-discovery and becoming a better version of yourself. All right, Trill. Absolutely. It, it confuses people. And it not just confuses people, because if you go back all the way, we go back to the occultic roots, the mystic, mystic the esoteric roots. But we're talking about those that make it Christianese, brought it to the Christian. Ock passes it on. Palmer takes it to the New Agers. They eat it up just like some of the churches in America are eating it up. Uh, then you have uh, Roar. Roar says, hey, this is the face of God. This works as the Holy Spirit to do this. Now you're saying it's not just a, a brings forward a few authors. It was born and raised in this kind of a perennial concept, the mystic new age concept. So there's very rare, rare that you find resources, very rare. So you're absolutely are opening people up to confusion and to leading them astray. Absolutely. Okay. So the final question that we have here, I'm going to ask you guys two separate questions and you can answer. We're going to give it two to three I minutes I just, here. I need to, I have to interject and say that if that argument is applied, it eliminates about 95% of what we study and research because there's confusion in every system of thought that is out there. And this is what's happened with the church in the last two generations is the church is going, anything that's like nuanced and anything that's in-depth and anything that like might possibly lead people astray, let's just back away from it. And the church has become anemic in their intellectual understanding of the world around us and how to actually engage with culture and debate culture because we've just kind of taken our foot off the gas with 30 this stuff. seconds. Engaging and participating in that behavior is two totally different things. We just got done saying Bethel. So get up in church and preach and, and mention uh, one of the pastors, you know, allude to them. No, we won't do that. And, and it's OK for them. But then you're going to use the argument that, well, because I, I like this, then you'd have to do it with everything. But you, you'd agree on some points that fit your agenda. I, I just don't buy it. It's absolutely. And it's not just a few authors. The whole thing. You'll find very few authors that would back his belief system in this. All right. I'll give you the last word, Trill. So, Aaron, why should Christians use the Enneagram and how can it be helpful to us in our spiritual walk? Look, the way I, the way I see this is this is just like any issue of liberty. Like if you are opposed to it, if, if you if you have a check in your conscience about drinking or about watching television or going to the movie theater or whatever it is, like liberties that God has given us, then just don't do that. Do not sign up for that. Don't. So I'm not trying to say to anybody, hey, you have to submit yourself to and understand the Enneagram. I have seen it as a very intuitive, very insightful tool that I don't submit myself to it as a worldview. I don't, I don't look at it as this is the highest source of truth, which is what a worldview is. It tells us how. What how do you to, like about it, though? What do you think is beneficial? I, I think it's it? insightful into how we function, the false beliefs that we assume, the bad motivations, the vices that we struggle with. Um, I've said this about Myers-Briggs as well as the Enneagram being I'm an Enneagram 5. And one of the things that Myers-Briggs tells me about being an INTJ and an Enneagram 5, I don't submit myself to and believe everything from Myers-Briggs or everything from Enneagram. But it says you struggle in intimate relationships. You struggle to actually articulate that. You will do for people to show that you love them instead of actually saying it. You need to actually say that you love your children. You need to actually sit down and be present. One of the other things is it says that fives live in the past and they kind of live in the future and they struggle in the present. And so what that does for me as a follower of Christ is I go, I want to redeem the time and I want to make every effort to be present with the people that I'm with, with my kids. I want to get down the floor and not just be thinking about what we're going to be doing next week or what happened yesterday, like be present. And so I think it it is God's gift to us, these personality tests, including the Enneagram. We spit out false gospel. We spit out any any negative influence in this, but we say, what does God show me about my personality type, whether it's Enneagram or anything else? And 
hopefully I can repent of that and move toward spiritual health and walking in faithfulness to Christ through the spiritual disciplines of Scripture. All right. And Trill, why do you think using the Enneagram in church and by pastors or being taught it is sinful? Once again, I don't believe it should be taught in, in, in church. I believe that it has a propensity to lead people astray. Um, and again, we've, we've gone over these kind of things, but even Achazo himself, they've created an unending labyrinth over the descriptions and suppositions of each type with no other foundations except for the wit of their own opinion. The types that have been, become popular are mind games with rather no foundation whatsoever. That's what the, the maker of it says, because you can just make it whatever it want. I don't put my trust in that. I, I would put my trust in scripture, doctrinally sound writing that goes along with scripture. Brothers and sisters in Christ who can hold me accountable, the work of the Holy Spirit in me, my time in scripture, understanding the fruit of the Spirit, because I'd be more concerned with the fruit of the Spirit than what Achazo and Naranjo tell me my vices, virtues, passions, and struggles are. And once again, when you answer these questions, I can make anything fit. He kept going to tarot cards, but I never heard a lot about astrology because they do the same thing with astrology they would do this. And if you're going to try to gospelize a false gospel, there's no, absolutely no reason for it. Uh, it shouldn't be taught in churches. It, it's sad. I would you say it's like need, so far as like totally wrong, we should abandon it and stay so far away from it, or it's just unwise to use, but you think somebody well, could use it appropriately my, if they wanted my to? Personal, my personal use is there's absolutely no need for it. You should stay away from it. You should stay away from those things that are based on no foundation, no objective foundation, and per their own statements, the cult, there's no need for it. If your personality tests, you know, that's up to you. Uh, this has no place in church. And again, it could lead people astray. All right. Well, oh. once again, now what? Colossians 2.8. Yeah. <laughs> our church is based on that. You're going to use our own. So our let, own let's look at Colossians 2. <clears throat> Make sure you read the take you captive yeah. part. Right. Which mentions Paul's desire to, to uh, the members to reach all the riches of full assurance and understanding of the knowledge of God's mystery, which is in Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, which sounds a lot like all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge can be found in the Enneagram at its origin. And then see to it and no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to the human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world and not according to Christ. I think that fits better. I understand what you're saying is that uh, taking captive of it. And nobody's saying the Enneagram saves you from, from Oh, absolutely. I, I'm with there you. are people who've been taken captive by the Enneagram. There are people who've been taken. Look, scripture says that bodily exercise is profitable, right? We get that. It does oh, not, yeah. it does not lay out physical workout regimes. Mm -hmm. Where do we turn for that? Outside of scripture. We turn to human authorship, and some of them are wrong, and some of them are right, and some of them have parts of truth in them, but we turn to them. The same is true with our mind. Our mind as a once again, as a five, and I know Troll will laugh, but a five considers- we, I think it was a win that we waited till like an hour in before he even mentioned a yeah. number. Uh, 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 no, he mentioned him at the beginning, bro. Five, he mentioned him like four times. I was biting my you're, tongue. You're an eight, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, my but whole but the, uh, I believe the mind is a muscle. I believe it's something that should be cultivated and something that should be exercised. I believe that our soul is important and that we submit our soul primarily to scripture. And scripture tells us that we have sin, but I think uh, that we are sinners, that we are depraved, but I think there are helpful tools in the world around us, including the Enneagram, that points out specific vices and how the gospel of Jesus specifically applies to our vices, to where we struggle, to where we sin, and it grows us up into maturity. From a guy that dropped acid, he's going to tell you what I am because I I'm an drop acid. That's what it sounds like. Pastor. A child who drops acid and tells me this is what my, my, my vice is lust. Yeah, Get and, and you can and you can also Get disagree with the the results of the enneagram. Yeah. Okay, so now that's it. What's my astrology? So sign? now is the time to get in the comments again. You're a water bearer. and put your final vote. Are you with Trill? <laughs> comment Trill. If you're with Aaron, comment Aaron. It'll be fun for us to see kind of how this tallies up. Let us know what you think of this episode. Actually, according to Trill, you shouldn't be using YouTube or podcast. Just Thanks that's for being with us. Until next time, out of eyes. 
Thanks for listening to Out of Odds. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with your friends and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you listen. Out of Odds is produced by Building 28 Church and Podcast Royale. You can find out more about this show and Building 28 by visiting outofozpodcast.com. New episodes drop every Monday, and you can get each one automatically by subscribing in your favorite podcast app.